Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So it was actually one year ago today, believe it or not, it was one year ago today that I met with the pastor search committee uh, to, to talk about me potentially coming to be the pastor here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. And so we met for several hours that day. It was a Saturday, the day before Mother's Day. And we met over there in the fellowship hall for several hours before my family and I, we had to drive back up to Fort Worth so that we can get get ready for our own services there at First Baptist Watauga the next morning. But one of the things that the search committee specifically asked me that day was, what is your vision for this church body? And, And quite honestly, at that time, I could only speak in generalities. Uh, And so at that time, I shared that, uh, that I had a desire for this to be a community church with a kingdom mission, something that you've heard me repeat time and time again since coming here. And, and I also said that I believed we needed to develop a growing and thriving student ministry, a youth ministry, something that we began almost immediately after I arrived. But beyond that, I knew that there were some limitations for me in casting a more specific vision for a church body that I have not been a part of for many decades since I was a child. And so certainly I know those broader things that God calls all churches to. I know those broader things that God calls all believers to, but I knew at that time that that it was going to take time for me to get acquainted with this church body and with this town to learn the people both inside and outside of these walls before I could cast a more specific vision and for me to be able to to see the strengths and even the weaknesses here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. But, But I am excited to say that we are at a point now, after being your pastor for a little more than nine months, that I believe that God has given me some clear vision for us to be able to move forward, move forward as a church body into the future. And so that's what next Sunday is all about. Next Sunday night, we're going to have that fellowship meal and a a vision night where I'm going to cast some vision for the future of this church. And and there are going to be some things, I said this in the announcement video earlier, but there are going to be some things that I believe we're going to need to vote on that night. And so directly following this time of vision casting, we'll move into a special called business meeting so that we can vote on some of these things and so let me just encourage you come next week make plans to be here next Sunday night for that fellowship meal and for that time of vision casting as we look ahead to the future of First Baptist Church Stockdale and I'm going to make this announcement again next Sunday morning so that we can follow the bylaws of this church now if you remember right now we're in a series titled Rooted And as we're in this series, we are walking through the book of Colossians. Now, as we think about this life that we're living and as we think about the future, the future of this church, the future of this world, quite honestly, honestly, as we look ahead to the future, right, there are a lot of unknowns. To be honest, we don't know 
what the future holds, right? Two years ago, at the start of 2020, none of us could predicted what lay ahead for us that year, right? And so as we think about the future and as we think about the unknowns of this life, certainly there are a lot of unknowns that can, that can bring us to great fear. This can be terrifying for us and maybe even paralyzing for us. And if we allow the fear to, to get deep inside of us, if we allow for this fear to take hold of us, it can easily prevent us from moving forward into the future. So as believers, what do we do in order to have this confidence as we look forward into the future? What do we do to have this confidence to move forward into sometimes the unknown? How do we walk in faith so that we are not paralyzed by fear? And the answer is, we are to root our lives in Jesus. We are to root our lives in Jesus. Now, I realize that that sounds like such a simple answer, but sometimes the simple answer is exactly what we need. Sometimes the simple answer is exactly what we need. So when I was a child, I'm not sure how old I was, but we were at my grandparents' house, my dad's parents' house in San Antonio. And my grandpa, he stored his fishing boat in the backyard. Now, as a child, I thought that this fishing boat was the perfect jungle gym to play on. So I had climbed up in this fishing boat. And, and if you're familiar with boats, it, on either side of this boat were uh, these tu tubes to hold your fishing rod in. Now, I was young enough and my arm was thin enough that I was able to fit my arm down inside of that tube. And so I slid my arm in in, down that tube, and then I couldn't get my arm back out. And so as I'm tugging on my arm, I start screaming and crying. And so my parents, they run out of the house, and my mom, she starts panicking. What are we going to do? Or are we going to have to uh, cut this tube open? Are we going to have to cut his arm off? Right? Are we going to have to call for help? What are we going to do? So my mom runs back inside to get some butter. We're going to grease my arm up, right? Really try and get it nice and slippery to slide this bad boy out. But as my mom was inside getting the butter, my dad just kind of stood there and he evaluated the situation. And he said to me, let loose of your fist and make your hand straight. And so I, as I let loose of my fist and made my hand straight, I was able to just slide my arm right back out. Sometimes the simple answer is exactly what we need. And so while the answer that, that we are to root our lives in Christ is, it, it may sound simple, it is the answer that we need. So let me pause right here and give you this reminder of our overarching truth for this series. The world complicates things for us. The enemy confuses things for us, but God's word makes things clear for us, and God's word points us to Jesus. Let me say that again. The world complicates things for us. The enemy confuses things for us, but God's word makes things clear for us, and God's word points us to Jesus. And when we root our lives in Christ, as we look to the future, as we look to the unknown, we don't have to look to the future with fear and trembling, but we can look to the future with great hope and in faith. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 15 through 23 today. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Now as you're turning there, let me just set this passage up for you. Our passage today is going to focus in on who Christ is. 
And so as we start off our passage in verse 15, we're going to read this phrase. Jesus is referred to as the firstborn over all creation. Now that word firstborn can be somewhat confusing for us because as we think of a firstborn, many times we are thinking of a new creation. If we think of it in human terms, we are thinking of a new creation. So since it is Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day by the way, but, but if it is, or since it is Mother's Day, if you think back to when you had your first child, right, you can remember the joy of, of holding this brand new baby in your arms. This is the child that made you a mother. This child didn't exist before, but here it is. Now it exists. You have this newborn, this firstborn. You have this new creation. But when we see this firstborn, this phrase firstborn over all creation in reference to Jesus, it, it, it doesn't mean that he was created. Rather, it bears a more significant meaning for us for a few reasons. First, Jesus is the firstborn over all creation because he was already there when everything else was created. He was already there when everything else was created. So in our family, on both sides of the family, Sarah's side of the family and my side of the family, Emily is the first grandchild. She was the first grandchild to be born. In 2008, she was born. And so when my, when my niece, Chloe, was born, Emily was already here. When my nephew Andrew was born, Emily was already here. When my niece Eden was born, Emily was already here. And the list could go on. When each of these following grandchildren were born, Emily was already here. And so when we see this phrase, first, firstborn over all creation, it's not an implication that, that Jesus was created. Rather, it's this reminder for us that when everything else was created, Jesus was already here. John 1, 1 and 2 says it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And so Jesus is the firstborn over all creation because he was and has always been here. Second, Jesus is the firstborn over all creation because he shares in the Father's inheritance. He shares in the Father's inheritance. When you think about the, the context, the culture that Paul was writing this letter in. It was the firstborn son that had the birthright, that, that would receive the inheritance from the father. If you think back to Genesis chapter 25 to the story of Jacob and Esau, right? Esau was the firstborn. He had the birthright to the father's inheritance, but Jacob came along and tricked, uh, tricked his brother and tricked his father into giving his this birthright over to him when really it belonged to the firstborn. The inheritance belongs to the firstborn. Understand, Jesus shares in the Father's inheritance, meaning that everything that belongs to God the Father also belongs to God the Son. And when we give our lives to Christ, when we turn from our sins, and when we, when we come to Jesus to know him as Lord, as believers, through salvation in Jesus Christ, we gain access to that inheritance. That's why we can joyfully store up our treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy. Because the inheritance that we receive through salvation in Jesus Christ is far greater than any of the temporary treasures that we might gain in this world. So let me pause right here and ask, are you sharing in this eternal inheritance? 
are you sharing in this eternal inheritance? Has there been a time in your life that you have turned from your sins, allowing Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life? Are you sharing in this eternal inheritance? And if today you would say that you're not, then my prayer is that today you would make that decision to to turn from your sins, to turn to Jesus, that you might allow him to be your Lord, that, that through him you might receive that inheritance of of salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ alone. So Jesus is the firstborn over all creation because he was already there when everything was created. He shares in the Father's inheritance, but Jesus is also the firstborn over all creation because he is our Messiah. In fact, ancient rabbis often use this term firstborn referring to Jesus Christ. There's this promise for us in Psalm 89, 27, referring to Jesus, saying, I will, make, I will also make him my firstborn, greatest of the kings of the earth. Meaning that, that when Jesus came, Jesus came not like any other firstborn. When Jesus came into this world, entered into this world as a human, he didn't come like any other king. Rather, he came as the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords. And, and so as we look to Jesus, we have this assurance that he is our Messiah because he is the firstborn over all creation, greater than any king, greater than any Lord. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He has fulfilled this prophecy. And so as the firstborn over all creation, we can say, yes, he is our Messiah. With that in mind, let's read our passage now. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy faultless and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. So as we look at this passage today, there are four things that we see, four reasons that we see here. Looking at who Jesus is, these are four reasons that we are to root our lives in Jesus Christ alone. First, we are to root our lives in Jesus Christ because Jesus is our God. We are to root our lives in Jesus Christ because Jesus is our God. Let's look at verse 15 again. It says, he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is our God. So back in... 2019, an American artist built a house in the mountains in Switzerland. But this house wasn't like any other house because the outside of this house wasn't 
bricks or wood, the outside of this house was covered entirely in mirrors. The walls and the, even the roof were mirrors. And, and this may sound strange to us, but the reason why the, this artist did this is because he didn't want the house to have its own beauty. Rather, he wanted this house to reflect the beauty of the fields and the sky around it. And so as you look at this house, you don't see this house. You see the field. You see the sky. You see this image on it. Now, as we think about Jesus, understand Jesus doesn't just reflect God's beauty. Jesus is God's beauty. Jesus doesn't just reflect the image of God. Jesus is the image of God himself. Understand, to know Jesus is to know God. To know Jesus is to know God. Jesus is not separate from God. Rather, God is the Father. God is the Son. And God is the Holy Spirit. He is three in one, the Trinity. This is who God is. And God, in his great love for us, has chosen to reveal himself to us through Jesus Christ, the Son. And so to know the Son is to know God himself. To look upon the Son is to look upon God himself, because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. To know Jesus is to know God. And so the question for each of us then is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Jesus himself said these words in John 14, 6 through 7. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him. And have seen him. So do you know Jesus? Because to know Jesus is to know God. You cannot know God apart from knowing Jesus. Now this is why this is important. Because more and more in our world today. The tendency is to say. Well I believe in God. But I don't believe in Jesus. I believe in this higher power. I believe in the man upstairs. But I don't believe in in Jesus, Listen, you cannot know God apart from knowing Jesus. You cannot see God apart from Jesus. You cannot get to God apart from Jesus. To reject Jesus is to reject God himself because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. But when we turn from our sins and when we turn to Jesus Christ, when we allow him to be the Lord of our life, when we enter into this relationship with him, we are entering into a relationship with God himself. And so we are to root our lives in Jesus because Jesus is our God. Second, we are to root our lives in Jesus because Jesus is our creator. Jesus is our creator. Let's look at verse 16 again. It says, For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is our creator. Now there are many things that, that people turn to in this world to root our lives in, and, and unfortunately... Many times what we turn to to root our lives and many times we are rooting our lives in created things. The biggest things that we as Americans root our lives in is our money, our houses, and our stuff. And so in order to get a house, we got to have a job so that we can make money. 
so that we can pay for that house, so that we can fill that house up with stuff. And when we get too much stuff, we need a bigger house, so we got to get a better job so we can make more money. And if we end up getting too much stuff and we can't afford a bigger house, then maybe we just get a storage unit so that we can just store all of that stuff that we have, right? In fact, in 2019, the self-storage market was valued at $87.65 billion here in America. And it's expected that by 2025, the self-storage market is going to be $115.62 billion. We tend to root our lives in our money and our, in our houses and in our stuff, and we cling to these things. We don't want to let these things go. And, and so we root our lives in these things, and yet these things are just created things. These are the things that ultimately can be lost in the blink of an eye. Back in 2017, following Hurricane Harvey, my newsfeed just began to fill up with a lot of my friends' posts of all of the, the destruction and the loss of their things and their homes after that big storm. Everything was here one day and completely destroyed the next. And while I certainly don't want to make light of events like that of Hurricane Harvey, the, the, the reality is, is that events like this serve as a sobering reminder to us that the, the temporary things, the created things, that can, uh, they can be lost in the blink of an eye. The created things of this world are not the things that we can truly place our hope in. We can't place our faith in these things because they are just temporary things. But Jesus is not a created thing. Jesus is the creator of all things. And so to root our lives in him is not to root our lives in something that can be lost. Not to root our lives in something that can be taken away from us to root our lives in the creator to root our lives in in Jesus is to root our lives in the very one who can never be lost to root our lives in Jesus is to root our lives in the one who was there when all the things were created and he's still going to be there when all the things are gone understand if you root your life in Jesus even if you lose everything in this world you have not lost the one that matters most. Amen. If you lose everything else in this world, if your life is rooted in Jesus, you have not lost the one that matters most. You have not lost Jesus. So let me encourage you, don't root your life in temporary things. Don't root your life in, in money or houses or stuff or all of these other things that can be easily lost. Root your lives in the Creator because He is the one that can never be lost. He's the one that can never be taken from us. So we are to root our lives in Jesus because Jesus is our God and because Jesus is our creator. Third, we are to root our lives in Jesus because Jesus is our head. Let's look at verse 18 again. It says, He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come... To have first place in everything. Jesus is our head. Now if you remember when we were walking through our series Who We Are. I actually pointed us back to this verse when we were talking about our call to serve. And I gave this reminder to you. That as a church the pastor is not the head of the church. The deacons are not the head of the church. The committees that we have are not the head of the church. Now 
We, we are called to these things because God is a God of order. But we are not the head. There is only one head for the church, and that church or, and that head is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Jesus is our head. Now, and I think this is important for us to remember, especially as we look ahead to next week to this vision night that we're going to be having. Because as I cast this vision for our church body, understand my desire is not to simply cast my vision for this church body, but my desire is to lead this church in the direction that I believe Jesus is calling us to go. So I've shared this multiple times with you, but, but every week Jody and I pause in the office to, to pray together. We pray over the, the prayer requests that have been sent in. Usually this happens on Tuesday morning. We pray over the prayer requests, but we also spend time praying for this church body. And, and, and Jody can tell you that when I pray for this church body, my prayer is not, Lord, my will be done. My prayer is, Lord, thy will be done. And so as we have prayed over this vision, I have often prayed something like this. Lord, this is what I believe you are calling us to. But Lord, if this is not the, the thing that you have for us, Lord, if I am wrong, correct me. If you want us to go in a different direction, then direct me, God, because I recognize that I'm not the head of this church. Jesus is. Now, certainly, I have been given the task to shepherd this church and to lead this church body, but not out of my own authority, not out of my own desires, not out of my own motivation. Rather, I have been called to lead this church body with my heart in full submission to the authority of Jesus Christ. And I am called to lead this church to also live in full submission to Jesus Christ as well. So let me pause right here and ask, are you living in full submission to Jesus Christ? Are you living in full submission to Jesus Christ? Not are you living in submission to your own wills. Not are you living in submission to your own desire. But are you living in full submission to Jesus Christ? And if you're not then let me encourage you, begin living in full submission to Jesus Christ because this is what I've learned. His plans are better. His ways are better. His will is better. Listen, you and I might come up with good plans for our lives, but good plans aren't good enough. Good plans aren't good enough. We don't need to settle for good plans when we can walk in God's plans. Don't settle for good plans. Pursue God's plans. And so begin living in full submission to Jesus Christ and root your life in him because he is our head. So we're to root our lives in Jesus because he is our God, because he is our creator, because he is our head. Finally this morning, we are to root our lives in Jesus because Jesus is our reconciler. Let's look at verses 19 and 20 again. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus is our reconciler. Now this is the point where I'd probably share some type of illustration or story to, to help drive home the point, but I really don't think that an illustration is needed. I think that God's word speaks for itself here. Verse 21, once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions. Verse 22, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death. 
Apart from Christ, we are alienated from God. Apart from Christ, we are hostile in our minds. Apart from Christ, we are evil in our actions. But this is why Jesus came into this world, and this is why Jesus went to the cross, so that through him we might be reconciled, having our sins forgiven, having our minds transformed, and receiving a right relationship with God himself. This is what Jesus did for us as our reconciler. And so this is not something that you and I can do for ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot provide this right relationship with God on our own. But the good news is, is that Jesus going to the cross is God saying to us, you don't have to do it on your own. I'm going to do it for you. Jesus went to the cross on our behalf to be our reconciler. And so understand, before you can be rooted in Jesus first, you must be reconciled through Jesus. Before you can be rooted in Jesus first, you must be reconciled through Jesus. You must turn from your sins, turning to Jesus Christ, allowing him to be the Lord of your life. And it's then and only then that you will be fully reconciled to God through Jesus. And as your life is reconciled to God through Jesus, then... You can begin rooting your life in Jesus. And I believe that that's God's desire for each of us today. That we would first be reconciled to God if that hasn't happened through Jesus Christ. But if we are reconciled to God, that we would root our lives in Jesus Christ. But if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ today, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And so in just a second, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this will be your opportunity to respond. And if you would say, that's me. I've never given my life to Christ. I have never been reconciled to God. I recognize that I am still alienated from God. I am still evil in my actions. There are still things in my life that don't belong because I have never turned from my sins, allowing Jesus to be my Lord. But today, recognizing that Jesus went to the cross for my sins, I am ready to turn to him. I am ready to allow him to be my Lord, that I might be reconciled to God. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond as we sing this song. I'm going to be standing down front. As we sing, you can step out of your seat. You can join me down here. We can talk and pray. And today, you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ. I know that I've been reconciled to God, but I've never made my faith in Christ public through baptism, like we saw Maddie and Knox do earlier. If you've never made your faith public through baptism, then would you respond this morning? Would you come forward this morning so that we can make that commitment together? We've got more baptisms coming up. Let's get yours on the schedule. Today can be the day that we make that commitment to walk in obedience by making our faith public through baptism. Now, maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ and I've already been baptized by immersion. And I've been visiting First Baptist Church Stockdale. I know that God's calling me to make this my church home, to unite my life with this community church with a kingdom mission. If God's calling you to join First Baptist Church Stockdale this morning, I would invite you to respond as well. We can talk, we can pray, and today you can become a member here at this church. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, I would just encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now? Let's go to the Lord in prayer together.
Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.